Welcome to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Here are your hosts, Joe and Kendall. Well, you know, the, the local Verizon Tower here in Hillsdale may be down, but Radio Free Hillsdale, they don't, they don't ever go down. <laughs> We're always transmitting. Me and Joe with the elephants in the room. We're back again. Joe, would you like to introduce our guest this week for us? Sure. We've got, we've got another uh, fellow paisano. <laughs> uh, we've got, we've got uh, Antonio Slim, Slim as he's called. Uh, how's it going, Slim? Uh, I'm doing good. How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing fine, fantastic, uh, all of the above. That's so we, right. We've got plenty of stories for Kendall, Joe, and, and our dear friend Slim that we're going to get into today. Uh, first up, we're going to be talking about uh, the recent controversy at uh, Project Veritas with James O'Keefe, the founder, uh, leaving, parting ways, uh, and causing a little bit of stir uh, in the conservative media sector. Um, and then we're going to uh, finish off with uh, a, a discussion about the uh, political candidacy uh, just announced yesterday by Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, his presidential run, uh, a, a friend of the college, I'd say. Yeah, he was just here. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we'll be we'll be getting into that and uh, how the potential uh, GOP 2024 layout's going to shape up. Mm-hmm. So let's jump right into it, starting with this Project Veritas um, story. Uh, for our viewers that may not know, Project Veritas is a right-wing nonprofit organization um, that sends agents undercover to secretly get audio or video clips um, from leftists exposing. Um, all kinds of things. Some of their biggest stories include Google in 2016 admitting that they um, altered their algorithm to skew some search results involving the 2016 election. A Pennsylvania postal worker in 2020 discussing the fact that they were postmarking election ballots um, before they were actually sent so that they would be counted. And most recently, and probably one of their biggest um, yet, a video of Pfizer executives saying that the company is running experience on mutating COVID-19 virus and how it's a vaccine affects women's reproductive health. So after all, all of this has been going on, their, their founder and CEO, James O'Keefe, um, has always been at the head of the company, kind of the name behind it. Um, but it has come out that he has now left the company. Project Veritas's board put O'Keefe on paid leave earlier this month. Um, according to the New York Times, his departure came amid an uproar among the group staff about his leadership style, his treatment of subordinates, and his use of the group's funds for high price expenses like flights on a private plane. According to the board, the door is not closed for James O'Keefe, as they never asked him to resign. He, jo- he chose to leave himself. The organization has been under particular scrutiny since it acquired Ashley Biden's, uh, Joe Biden's daughter's diary. Um, and when, this, when the news became public that they were under investigation by the DOJ, uh, the group sustained heavy losses, um, uh, much fewer donations, and they've supposedly been struggling a lot since uh, that news came out. In regards to that story, we have some audio from James O'Keefe talking about him leaving the company. Even so, as a former board member told me 10 years ago, Project Veritas will never be stopped from the outside. It will only be because we stopped ourselves, right? I'll get to that too in a minute. Prophetic as it may be, That is exactly where we find ourselves in the situation today. A situation where I've been stripped of my authority as CEO and removed from the board of directors. I bet you didn't know that. Yeah, we'd love to play more of the video for you, but it's 45 minutes long, (laughs) um, his announcement that he's leaving. So that would be be the entirety of the show and taking up most of the the next people's slots. So that's, that's unfortunately not 
a possibility. Project Veritas's online follower accounts have dropped by 130,000 after the news broke that O'Keefe was leaving. Since then, the board's doubled down on the fact that O'Keefe left on his own, um, that they didn't remove him, but that he re refused to respond when they tried to converse. Uh, they claim that O'Keefe violated their bylaws by firing the CFO without board approval as their main reason for placing him on leave earlier this month. Meanwhile, O'Keefe claims that a member of the board told him that he had approval to do that. Um, and overall, it's just a lot of back and forth of they said this, I did this, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, O'Keefe seems to believe, according to his video, that uh, their viral coverage of the Pfizer, the Pfizer incident that we talked about earlier and their massive social media exposure that they've gotten since then could be to blame for this. As he says, it's, it's the only thing that's changed. Yeah, uh, everything I've, I've been hearing about uh, sort of the coverage of this, uh, a lot of people on, on the right wing, you know, the, the uh, people that Project Veritas seems to by and large cater to, uh, have been saying that this, uh, this does seem to be a move on, on O'Keefe, that, you know, O'Keefe being the, the name and face of this organization who's, you know, been out on the field, um, and largely, largely the one who's behind uh, breaking these stories, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that he's being wronged in this instance. I mean, you know, even with the board statement and with him, I think the one thing you can pull out of that is that they're both sort of saying that it was a uh, conflict of how the, the internal structure should operate, how uh, financing and uh, donors should be treated, mm -hmm. um, and the direction and the trajectory of the company uh, – you know, as 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 far as those go, and uh, I, I feel like for, uh, certainly that O'Keefe actually was the one who you know put in all the risk. He was the one who started this, who founded this, who really is the main reason why Project Veritas has grown to the notoriety that it enjoys right now, um, largely being the face of that organization. And I feel like that you know if 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 he has a particular direction that he wants to take fundraising, if he has a particular really a direction that he wants to take the company, then it, it, it's, it puts a lot on the, on the board members to simply say, you know, no, or to, you know, mm -hmm. treat it like he is simply another aspect of the company when he's actually mm -hmm. like, you know, the figurehead of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's especially weird is, um, we keep saying company, but they, to, if we want to be very precise, they're a 501c3, but normally when you, when you make up a 501c3, you select your board of like people that are allies with you that agree with you it's not like um public investors come in and fill up your board and you don't get much say so it seems especially odd that he would be ousted by his own board um one that's probably he probably chose um or at least approved of because they agreed with his direction so yeah it's not super clear what's changed since then you know um i'll be honest i like james o'keefe a lot um, whenever I started first getting interested in politics, uh, I remember the stuff that he was working on with 2016 and all the really awesome campaign mm -hmm. tricks that the Hillary <laughs> campaign was using. Um, so I like him, but, uh, for what you just said, Kendall, um, it definitely seems like there's something a little bit more going on here. I mean, if you look at what the Project Veritas board released as part of their statement, um, they really hit with staff retention and morale. That was one of the reasons they wanted to let him go. And he admitted mm -hmm. to that. He said, look, I mean, um, what did he say? He said, quote, I haven't always been the most compassionate leader, and that is admittedly a fault of mine. So, um, end quote. And he's so he's owned up to that. But then what mm -hmm. you were mentioning with the whole situation with, like, uh, finance, um, that flight that you mentioned, that private mm -hmm. flight, I mean, he said, according to the board, that that was for donor service, and it was a $14,000 flight. Mm -hmm. And then they also claim that um, O'Keefe spent $60,000 in dance events, whatever that means. <laughs> 
um, and then another $150,000 over a year and a half for like renting black cars. Mm-hmm. So there definitely seems to be a little bit of some strange financial things going on with mm-hmm. O'Keefe. And he also let go of the CFO. He fired him. Mm-hmm. And according to the board, it was an improper thing to do. Um, so it seems to me that James O'Keefe definitely dealt with things improperly, mm-hmm. um, according to what the board says. But at the same time, to your point, Joe, I mean, he is the face of the organization. Like, what is it without him? Um, so I think it's also difficult to expect that people in his line of work are going to do everything really neat and clean, sunshine mm-hmm. and rainbows. I mean, you know, the type of stuff that Project Veritas does, they're digging in deep and they're going undercover and they're exposing a lot of things and they have to use dirty tactics to do it. So, I mean, I don't think that James O'Keefe is this shining example of a human being, but <laughs> the work that he does is mm-hmm. important. And I, yeah. I, I think it's a mistake to let him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people may not have necessarily heard of Project Veritas himself, but um, or even maybe not James O'Keefe, but they've certainly heard a lot of the work that he's done. And it's definitely important. And like you said, um, there's clearly s- some sort of fault on his part. What exactly that is may not um, be clear to the public yet. But yeah, the fact that they would let go, that they would attempt to sever ties with the the head, the face of their organization. I mean, I touched on the fact that they've been uh, suffering in like the amount of donations that they've been getting since it was announced that they're under investigation. Um, and, you know, losing 130,000 um, like media followers in the past couple of days since this news has come out will definitely not be good for yeah, their this, donation prospects. So This might have been the worst decision mm-hmm. they could have made sort of on a financial basis because, like like you said, they're losing all of those followers on, on social media. But, you know, like at the end of the day, regardless of what O'Keefe did, he is the face of Project Veritas, like you said, Kendall. Mm-hmm. Like more people know O'Keefe than they know Project Veritas, yep. I would argue. And and so, you know, letting him go and in, in making such a public display out of it, which, you know, to a lot, a lot of that has been reactionary to what O'Keefe has said. But the fact that they're making such a public display about it and then the statement that they released after he sort of publicly left and where they're saying that, oh, well, he has all of these unaccounted for expenses um, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, malplay that's going on from his perspective, it makes maybe a more uninformed viewer, uh, mm-hmm. it makes it look like they're trying to smear him. And I think that that's even worse to their credibility. Yeah. And honestly, I, I, I really can't see Project Veritas surviving after mm-hmm. this. Yeah, and to their credit, like they've said, they, they never fired him. They weren't saying, okay, you got to step down. They just placed him on leave and were trying to investigate the things. And he said, okay, if you guys are going to act like that, then you guys need to step down. And they said, no. And then it was like, okay, I'm leaving. So it's not exactly like they just said, we're going to fire you, even though we know it's going to probably kill this nonprofit that we have going. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. clearly, clearly some things not resolved as they, as they probably should have been. You've been listening to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, where your host, Kendall and Joe, joined by Mr. Slim. Um, <laughs> in recent news... <laughs> That's probably a first. Uh, this is good. This is good. The people who don't know me are just going to be listening to this like, what the devil's going on mm-hmm. here? Where'd they, where'd they drag this guy in from? Well, it works out because I think I think this is the most prepared a guest has ever been <laughs> yeah. to our show. Comes yeah. in with a, he's got more quotes than we do, Joe. We're getting shown up. We thought George was bad. <laughs> But yeah, as you said, Joe, we're we're now going to start talking about Vivek Ramaswamy in his presidential run. Joe, uh, if you'd like to kick it off, I think you actually you heard him talk recently, right? Yeah. So actually, I uh, he was he was recently at the school, um, and uh, I had uh, brought 
I had been uh, invited to go there, uh, sort of encouraged. Uh, our, our our finance class was, and uh, we were going there thinking that he was going to have a largely financially based talk. Uh, he he very much took to the stage uh, to comment about uh, the culture war and the uh, sort of political socio political trajectory of the country, um, very much in a in a politician esque manner. And uh, we got back, and you know my my uh, finance teacher was like, "I'm I'm really sorry, guys. I." Uh, I thought he was going to be more, uh, you know, business savvy. It, it sounded like he was going to—he was running for president. And uh, you know, lo, lo and behold, we have uh, Vivek Ramaswamy announced yesterday on on the Tucker Carlson show that uh, the tech uh, sector entrepreneur and businessman will be uh, running for president. He is known as the CEO of the anti woke. Did you know that? I wish I was known as the CEO of the anti woke. <laughs> Um, but no, he, he announced Tuesday that he will be joining the race for the White House. Uh, he joins Trump and Nikki Haley, currently seeking the 2024 GOP nomination. On Tucker Carlson, where he announced his uh, campaign, he said, quote, I think we need to put merit back into America uh, in the spirit of our lives. And then he continued to say uh, about the unapologetic pursuit of excellence in our country. Uh, many of these statements, uh, a lot of which, you know, surprisingly enough, uh, when he was talking uh, at the school, uh, very much keep in line with uh, some of the structure that he was saying. Uh, and I'm sure you'll see it in uh, this little segment of his campaign video that we have for you. This isn't just a political campaign. This is a cultural movement to create a new American dream for the next generation. To me, the American dream means you believe in merit. It means that the best ideas win instead of getting censored. Ask yourself if you believe in these ideas. I think most of you do. <laughs> you might disagree with each other about corporate tax rates or about whether ivermectin treats COVID, but those are details. We still agree on our nation's most fundamental principles. At least most of us do. Yet the goal of the ruling party in this country is to convince us that we are divided. We have obsessed so much over our diversity and our differences that we forgot all the ways we're really just the same as Americans. And if we can revive that dream over fractious group identity, then nobody in the world, not a nation, not a corporation, not a virus is going to defeat us. That is what American exceptionalism is all about. Don't you feel so hip, so up, so optimistic? <laughs> yeah. Are you ready to vote Vivek? <laughs> vote Vivek? Oh, my goodness. I can't help but point out the way he says that I think we need to put merit back in America the word merit, like, the last letter is just wrong. It's not called America. <laughs> it's it like never a, has a been. a bad poet. You really have to, like, slur your words a little bit just to say, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I mean, uh, maybe seen from uh, clips of that, uh, that was his uh, official campaign announcement that he announced. Uh, he put on his Twitter uh, moments after formally announcing his campaign on Tucker Carlson. Um, some key points that he touched on both in the interview as well as that campaign video uh, are his sort of platform issues of being anti-woke, uh, anti-COVIDism, as he says, anti-climate alarmism, uh, which kind of fits into his whole anti-ESG sort of persona, uh, anti-affirmative action. And, uh, you know, he has a very interesting, uh, yeah, a, a very a very cookie-cutter Republican, I would say, view on immigration. He wants to, you know, sort of put an end to illegal immigration, but also uh, encourage this uh, merit-based uh, immigration. That's our dear friend uh, Ramaswamy. Uh, mm -hmm. He is running. You know, um, Vivek 
he really sounds generally pretty good, I mm-hmm. think, in the campaign video. I mean, you know, minus a few things. But I think that he is very well-spoken. Um, I think that he has the ability to appeal to a lot of intellectuals. Um, and he speaks to issues that I think are very important. But, of course, that's still just political rhetoric. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to look at what his record it is and what his background is. Because um, he really doesn't have a record outside of what is his firm that strive asset management that's the anti-esg financial firm that he's running and um that's relatively new um but if you look at his political background he is associated with peter thiel and jd vance and so these guys are um interesting jd vance of course is the senator from ohio Mm -hmm. and peter thiel is um, he's a donor, big donor for the Republican Party right now. And he financed J.D. Vance, and he also financed the failed Senate candidate Blake Masters back in Arizona. And if you look at what all of these guys have in common, they generally have a more libertarian approach to economics that's Mm -hmm. kind of shaped with, uh, there's like a populist shell on the outside that's not like super well-defined. It's very loose and unspecific. Um, but you've definitely got that libertarian streak. I mean, Peter mm-hmm. Thiel was very anti-Trump until recently. Um, and before that, he was big libertarian on all these issues. I mean, he's come out in support of um, some tariffs and not open free trade all the time. But mm-hmm. if you look at his record, big libertarian guy. And Vivek, by focusing on economics um, more so than anything, I mean, he mentioned right um how faith and patriotism hard work and family are all values that are american um and i think you know it's all true it's all very good but he didn't really define those i will put my biases there i i I can't help but hear vivek speak and you know all these points he's bringing up like you said they're very good points but they're so cookie cutter they're Mm -hmm. so like you know you know you pull them out of a box about like yeah there's that that uh that thing about like the the conservative starter pack and it's like that's what he's he's doing you know mm-hmm. he's he's talking about these very vague sort of principles about a merit-based america we need to like he said revive the american dream yeah, i'm going to be the new kind of leader sort of a motif off of nikki haley mm-hmm. who's going to be able to do that and you know you look at some of these people who he's trying to get the vote from he's trying to get these uh largely uh working class uh uh Republican conservative leaning vote and you know you can tell them till you're blue in the face about how anti-woke you are how anti-climate alarmism you are how much you hate affirmative action they don't care you know unfortunately those aren't issues that really apply to them they're worried about how they're going to survive this massive unprecedented wave of inflation they're worried about you know why why uh, their 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 father who served in the military uh, was dishonorably discharged and had their family had his benefits removed from them because he refused to get the vaccine. And you know, un- until until you can address some of these these issues that really uh, uh, affect these, uh, I think, working class, uh, your sort of bulk vote, you're just going to be seen as very terminally un- unrelatable. Mm-hmm. And I think al- ultimately, I don't know if his campaign. I I can't really see his campaign going anywhere because mm-hmm. he just doesn't seem very relatable. Mm-hmm. And. I ever I think really since 2016 when Trump really shook things up in the Republican Party, um, almost even shifted some poly, policy positions more into, um, you know, everybody says MAGA, um, and now you have people I think trying to emulate the good parts of that and saying, okay, this is what these are the positions that are really popular, but I'm not going to be as abrasive, I'm not going to be as anti-media, calling everything fake news, um, and I think there's some merit to that about trying to take the winning strategies. Um, and pick the good parts of them um, and then throw away the bad parts. But the problem is 
when you do that and then you lose the whole shakeup part of it, I think it really loses its um, wow factor. I mean, you can have uh, in 2024, you can have somebody running and say all the same things Trump did in 2016. But when you, you know, calm it down a little bit and take up the when it's just like what most Republicans already believe, you're not shocking anybody. You're not you're not wowing them into voting you uh, voting for you. You know, I um, I don't like the fact that he's involved with like big pharma and yeah. and all of that. Like I don't really know his record with that company super well, but it's biotech. Mm-hmm. I mean, and biotech right now, especially now is super entrenched in the government. Um, but that's certainly concerning. I think that, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is something that really scares a lot of Republicans. Well, that, that, and like the fact, you know, coupled with his whole campaign is based on these cookie cutter premises yeah. of like, we need to bring the merit back in America like, it's hard to convince people that you're a genuine guy. At least Trump was, like, a jerk. And, like, that's how people knew, okay, <laughs> yeah. this guy tells it like it is. You know, he's mm-hmm. a genuine guy. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he, he uses nice, fiery language. Yeah. I mean, he really does. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was even thinking, like, as a – he used the word, um, what, we need to pursue excellence. And, of course, my Hillsdale <laughs> brain went, arate, classic. <laughs> oh, he's speaking uh, to you. Yeah, he's speaking to you. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> – but that's what he is. He's speaking to the intellectuals. Yeah, that's – That's yeah. what it is. I yeah. mean, and I – that's why I don't think he's really in this to win it. Yeah, I think that he can do good in the Republican Party. I think that conservatives um, – we, I mean, Vivek could definitely be a good ally to have, mm-hmm. but he's he's not going to go anywhere. Well, well, Mr. Vivek, you always have a, a place on elephants in the room <laughs> if, you, if you care to, to grace us with your presence. We thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, thanks, Slim, for coming on today. It was it was quite a pleasure. Hey, thank you, guys. I Much really more appreciate it. Paisano representation. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, well, we hope uh, you'll tune in same time next week. Uh, We'll be here with the news, maybe. You know, I don't know. Uh, But until then, we will see you next time. This has been Elephants in the Room.